Welcome to our post-trade deadline episode of the High and Wide Radio Show. I'm your host, Angry Jim, here with co-host Jack Smith. And boy, oh boy, do we have a special guest for you guys tonight. A man who really needs no introduction, but we're going to do it anyway. From Philly Sports Network, the one and only Jamie Basco. Jamie, how you feeling tonight, man? Man, I'm feeling pumped. How about that orange and black, huh? Hell yeah, dude. Everybody, come on now. Let's go Flyers. They had a good deadline, which I thought they had a good deadline. And look at them tonight. They're on the roll. They're on the roll. They can't be stopped. They can't be stopped. And I'll tell you this. They were 2-0 since Gritty ran naked at the link. (laughs) So we're going to give all the credit to Gritty, huh? Oh, absolutely. No doubt. Didn't you like that button? Oh my God! Is that I was a belly button, right? I was wondering what that was. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was a button for sure. Two and zero since pretty, yeah. yep. So uh, well, I, I, yeah, you got me all riled up. That was a great introduction. Uh, <laughs> as a as a wrestling fan, I liked how he uh, came down from the rafters, much like Shawn Michaels back in the you know the nineties. So I, I love that. But yeah, I mean that that Saturday game, man. Oh my God! I lost some money on that game, but I, it was the best money I ever had to fork over. Uh, it was great. It was great. You no, know, I was a little upset in the beginning because uh, you know we're down three to one, and then we get it to three two, and Elliot played really good that game, and and had that flub, you know, with his glove, you know, where the puck, you know, uh, you know, it went in and out of his glove, you know, for the goal. I was like, oh man, that goal is going to be like the game deciding factor. So that's what people would remember Elliot as as the flub. And I was like, oh, man, think, think that they tied it I'm off the hook there. Yeah, he really he really redeemed himself in that game. And he's been playing pretty well um, of late. So, I mean, uh, I was kind of hoping that people would lay off him a little bit. And, and I'm glad they did. Um, even though he allowed that, that fluky goal, they wouldn't have won that game without him. And, and I know we're looking at the, the game now. He just gave up another weird one. But, you know, not really his fault. Um. If you guys want, we can get into... The take a little bit of heat that I wasn't happy about was Drew. Like, all throughout Twitter, people were just blowing Drew up, you know, saying, uh, you know, this, mad about him, oh, where is he? He's non-existent. And, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I just... No, I agree with you. I, certain people just kill Drew for no reason. Like, if he doesn't do anything, it's like, where are you? What have you done for me lately? But when he's going off, those same people don't acknowledge it usually and right. they're the people who are really gonna like you're gonna miss this guy when he's gone there is no oh, doubt true is amazing and those people get on my nerves like you wouldn't believe it's just they want results you know so i can't kill them because yeah. it's against it's against pittsburgh but some of those people are also the same people who are saying when the flyers were supposed to be a playoff team and losing will rip the sea off his chest i'm like yep. used to blow my mind like it does not yep. mean what it it means something but not like it used to when like third line guys would get it all that would do is make him feel horrible and probably just dampen the whole team and whoever the new captain was would probably feel awkward. So that old school style of thinking just always rubbed me the wrong way. Rubs me the wrong way because of the goaltending issue. Like when his Drew had a center, you know, in 2010, you can't tell me, even if we had Brian Elliott in the net, I guarantee we win that, you know, when they got there, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you may bring up a good point because, um, the year that Drew, last year, Drew should have been a finalist for the MVP. We all know that. And a lot yeah. of the writers are biased. And one of them, I don't know who, but one of them said the second the Flyers went on a 10-game losing streak, he was out for me for ever being considered. That's ridiculous in its own right. But what it boils down to is, like, do you want the guy to play goalie too? Like, he can't do that. Like, this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? So he <laughs> is just so underappreciated. It's, it's silly. You know, it went from... It went from it went from goaltending to defense, goaltending, defense. I mean, you lose a you lose a big player in Pronger. That, that, that's a huge loss on your blue line. I don't care. And, and the Flyers worked and worked for about four or five years to try to replace him, and they couldn't find a replacement for him. So, you know, that factor's in there, too. So, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, I guess he's supposed to play every position, you know. Right. But, I mean, that's what certain people think, and apparently some of the writers think that, too. And that, that really blows my mind, so – I think the people who live and die with the team and cover the team and, you know, really watch every game, they know his value. Like, he is just oh, yeah. an absolute stud. So, so to see him get that goal, oh, I mean, the way it slid through Murray's legs and just had enough juice to get over it to end the oh, 
it was like it was like a storybook ending to that game. Yep, I agree. You guys, I, agree. I don't mean to change the subject here, but I just saw Columbus scored. It looked like the guy kicked it, but it deflected off of Provorov and into the net. They called it no goal, I'm assuming because there was a kicking motion. I think John Tortorella might have an aneurysm here. Yeah, I don't. I thought the rule <laughs> was you can only be a kicking motion and not count if you kick it directly into the net. Yeah, I've never seen that in my life, but I'll take it. If, if yeah, yeah, I mean, I will more. I feel like it's it, it varies from game to game, and that's the problem I have with today's day NHL. Like, it's supposed to, you know, which it does. It goes to Toronto, but I think who's ever monitoring that, you know, makes the call, and it, it's a different person. So I think it's like inconsistent. And it's, Do we know yeah. what goaltender interference is? Do we know what a kicking motion is? I mean, they're, they're, I mean, every time, uh, you know, the flyer that looks like, oh, okay, I, I think that goal will be overturned. Under, and it's you know, the opposite. You know, uh, it, it goes against us, especially the goaltender's interference calls. I think they all go against us, primarily anyway. So. <laughs> That's what it feels but, like anymore, yeah. Well, that's a good – you bring up a good point. It's like the, the NHL doesn't want to necessarily get the call right. They want you to get the ex- hockey experience that they deem is – correct i guess in their mind like getting everything right isn't the best way to go it is not their true intention they just it's some weird experience that they feel that you should get and i don't want to say the word fixed or anything but i don't know why that is like if you have this technology why not just get it right do what you got to do to get it right and stuff like it hurts the integrity of the league when when they do this like look at the nfl what they're going through right now yeah. And it's like, yeah. if this kid just continues, it's only going to get worse. And I think hockey's I mean, kind of a hard sport to rep, to officiate because of how fast it is. Yeah. Like last year, I almost blew a gasket when uh, it, it just allowed a goal saying that uh, the ref was like, oh, yeah, I intended to blow the whistle. Oh, I mean, the Ottawa game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I remember exactly. I hated that. It, it, that was the one time I liked Haxtell because he went off in his press conference. Like, <laughs> if it was going to be a goal and you didn't blow the whistle, but you, I just – He's like, he just got it wrong. I don't understand. Like, that's kind of exactly what I'm talking about. Like, everybody knows what the call should have been, but we pick something else anyway. How stupid is that? <laughs> All right. Well, now that I, now that I got you guys both, uh, you know, a little bit fired up, a little angry over there, let's talk about the 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 only deal that went down on trade deadline day for the Flyers and and Wayne Simmons for Ryan Hartman and a conditional fourth round pick. What do you think about the deal, uh, Jamie? Uh, you know, honestly, uh, at first, it's you have to dissect this. So, uh, you know, when the deal went down, you know, evidently uh, Pierre LeBron tweeted that it went down uh, around 2:57, which was three minutes before the deadline ended. And the the initial the, the after tweet, I think, was around like 3:02. It was official, or, or thus, you know, on the lines of being made official anyway that there was a trade call. But they. You got to give time to dissect the deal, so I gave it around a few minutes, and then afterwards, I liked it. Hartman was a former first-round pick. You know, they, they received a fourth, which you know, a conditional fourth, which will be, you know, could be a third if Nashville wins a playoff round, which I think they more than likely will. So, I mean, we got a first and a third, you know, for a declining player in uh, Wayne Simmons. I hate to say declining because he, he's been the guy for years. Let's, you know. Simmons Simmons was fantastic in the Flyers uniform. Um, you know, for eight years, he gave his heart and soul to his team. He was the heart and soul of the team in the locker room, on the ice, off the ice. I mean, I love the guy, and I love everything he's done, and I hate to lose a player like him. However, they replaced him with a younger version of Simmons. Now, when Simmons first came to Philadelphia, he was 23 years old. Hartman is 24, so he's a year older than Simmons. But those two players are like the same style players is Hartman lacks the offensive prowess that Simmons, you know, possessed when he came over here from LA. Can Hartman reach, you know, a Wayne train, you know, in the future, you know, uh, offensively, who knows? I mean, he's still young enough. He's 20, he's 24 years old. You know, they traded Simmons at the age of 30. So he's got six years to see, you know, what, what he's got here, you know, in a flyer sweater. And I'll tell you the way he's played tonight, his first shift, he was phenomenal in both zones. He, He's faster. He can skate. He draws penalties. The guy plays with heart. He plays with soul. He could hit. He, he he's a grinder. He goes to those dirty areas to score a greasy goal. And when was the last? When was the last time like we we had a player? You know, aside from like Simmons and like a JVR, 
we need we need players to go go into those dirty areas who are willing to take a beating, you know, to pot a goal. And uh, Simmons, you know, he, he was hurt last year. I think he's still conditioning himself from that, you know, surgery from a lot of surgeries that he had and stuff like that. But he was very slow this year. You know, you really saw like his skating go downhill this year to me. Anyway, last year I gave him a break because he was hurt, and I think we all know that. But uh, this year it's like, wow. I mean, he really holds up that third line. And if you want to get technical, he should have been moved down to the fourth line with how slow he is. And that's just my perspective of it. I mean, like I said, I love Wayne. You know, so it wasn't an easy deal. But And honestly, I like it. I really do. I, I think it's for the better. And to me, I give Fletcher a lot of kudos for making that deal. So would you rather have an Eli Tolvanen, you know, who Fletcher possibly could have had, or would you rather have a player now that the Flyers need? Because when you trade a Wayne Simmons, you need to replace that toughness and grit. And Hartman does replace that toughness and grit for Simmons. And if that were the case, if they didn't, you know, pick up a Ryan Hartman and say they went with Eli Tolvanen, they probably would have had a call like an you know NAK up or, or, or Tyrell Goldburn to replace that toughness yeah because uh, who would who would do it i mean gudis is a suspension away from a 30 gamer for sure uh, so i mean he, you know he really can't be as physical as he wants to be he's you know and i think we see that and he's, he's been our best defenseman this year but it's the truth i mean the nhl is watching him they're watching his every move whereas some other players could get away with some stuff you know yeah 100 so, agree 100 I, I love I, I just love how hartman plays both zones and I, and I think that's the key right there. Like, like, like you said, James, both both zones. Um, he is. I mean, he can skate. I, I mean, the guy can skate. For you know, for being for being this type of player, the guy has wheels, and that was the same as Wayne Simmons because Wayne Simmons used to fly. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it's a shame. You know what's going on with Wayne. You know how he's gone. You know for the past few years and stuff. How his how he's declined. You know, but I I. I as like, you remember how good Roy Holiday was, yep. you know, for the Phillies? And then all of a sudden, that one year, it was just, what happened? You know, it just happened all of a sudden, like, at a blink of an eye. That's a good comparison. You know, he was he was fantastic, you know, Roy Holiday. And then he had that bad year, and then it was like, okay, well, maybe he might have been hurt or something. And I think he was. And then he came back next year, and the same thing happened. And it was like, wow, I can't believe the doctor, you know, uh, went, you know this happened to the doctor so quickly. And... I just think that Simmons-style play has caught up to him, and you know, and that's why he's looking for that long-term deal. Which I don't blame him. I mean, he, he gave us a, he gave us a break here at four and a half million per. Oh, you know, yeah. uh, he he needed to he needed to fire that agent. You know, for four years, four and a half. I mean, you can't complain for what he's done for the city of Philadelphia, and I don't think you are, and I don't think anybody is. Everybody loves him, you know, and he'll always be a hero in Philadelphia. But it, it, honestly, it was time for him to move on and the one thing I will touch on before you flip it over to Jack but you know there has been some rumors saying that Simmons you know is considering Philadelphia you know in the off season uh, and, and, it, and it probably is true and I think Simmons probably you know is saying that but let's not mistake I have 100% confirmation that Fletcher and Simmons met Sunday you know the date the, the night before the uh, deadline and uh, they also held a meeting, you know, about a month prior, which is it was just Fletcher and his agent. So, you know, and they talked. So if they couldn't make a deal, you know, within that month and then that final meeting, you know, to try to re-sign him, what makes it seem like he's going to re-sign here in the off season when he's looking for a long-term deal, obviously, and that's why he was dealt. That's a great point. Great point. But then I guess some people could say, well – uh, maybe Simmons helped us out and said, okay, trade him, trade me, and then you could get, you know, vice for you could get some stuff back and then I'll resign. Uh, I guess you could leave that, you know, open or whatever, but I just don't, uh, I don't see where Simmons fits here anymore, you know, uh, like next year. I mean, we got Morgan Frost coming up in the pipeline. We got Isaac Ratcliffe, you know, right behind him knocking on the door. Uh, uh, you know, we have multiple players, Rupsoff possibly next year. We have uh, Vorobiev, you know, what's going on with him. Who knows? You know what's going to happen. I mean, we got NAK. I mean, we got other young kids in the pipeline. You know, we got we, we still have to figure out what we got in Vishoni, you know, and, and even. 
you know, so, and I'm not, I don't think there is any hope for Vishoni to tell you the truth, but I'm just saying we have younger kids in the system. Swarnarski, uh, David Case, and now Pascal LeBurs is healthy. So let's see what happens. And then you got Matthew Strome coming over next year to the Phantoms, you know, and stuff. And, it's, be a full it's house. Just, and you know, I mean, it's time. Unfortunately, it was time for Simmons to be dealt. Yeah. As much as it pains me to say, I did cry. I ain't gonna lie to you, um, but it pains me. But it was honestly time. You're still human, James. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jack. So. Yeah. The end of the Wayne Simmons era. They got back a, a player and they got a, a late pick. Your thoughts on the trade? How am I supposed to follow that? That's what I <laughs> uh, So I'll just run. I mean, it's going to be a lot of piggybacking here because I agree with a lot of what he said. Um, but I will just, you know, I guess I'm not surprised. I, at first, I was a little underwhelmed. Um, however, I do like Brian Hartman. I, I do remember when he was traded from Chicago to the Predators. And he was a first-round pick and then traded for a first-round pick. So when, so when Jamie said a first and a third for Simmons, I'm like, well, that actually sounds pretty good. The guy's already here. He is a Simmons uh, replacement, if you will. Uh, I do like that he plays in all zones. He can play on pretty much, I, I don't know, if he may find his way into the second power play at some point in his career, but he definitely should be on the penalty kill. He's, his first game here, he's, he's got a fight, he's blocking shots. You know, like, I've already liked what I've seen. I've, he was the one name that I raised an eyebrow to when I heard he was involved in the trade. The only thing that I'm kind of like, ah, oh, man, like a fourth that could become a third. So much came out before the trade that it was like Hart, it was Hartman, uh, Fabro, and like a pick, and you're like, whoa, there's no way, and there was no way. There was too much, uh, and then it was like this guy in a second. I'm like, that's pretty good. So I guess the pick is where I'm kind of like, meh, but I agree in the sense that I and I've heard this said all over um, Philadelphia. We're gonna like this guy. We're gonna like this kid. We really are. And in his first game, I already like. He's he's just embodies the whole Philadelphia thing, and it's being and you, everything you said about Simmons needing to move on is true. He's been criminally underpaid here for God for so long, and he wants money. He wants term, and you can't blame the guy. And just like how we saw with Scott Hartnell, like it, it's that doesn't fly in today's day and age. So I hope he gets it, the money and the term. He's not going to get it here, unfortunately, and that's a good thing. That if, if we re-signed him, I'd be very worried about our GM and the direction of our team. And those kind of guys, he's losing his speed. He's becoming more injury-prone. And, yeah, heart and soul is great, but it all, I think that only gets you so far. Like, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to talent. And, well, he is a talented player. He just he can't keep up with the play. You see that already. You made a good point by saying he was on the third line, and I think that was kind of generous. I agree with you. Like, I, I really think the other players need to start going up this lineup. And one thing I will say is if Morgan Frost makes this team next year as a third-line center, Ryan Hartman would look pretty nice next to him. I'm not saying that they're going to be some kind of Toronto, Mitch Marner, Bozak, and JVR line, but that's not bad. And they're both young players as well. So the more time has passed, the more I've grown to like this trade. Simmons was a rental, so you got to like that. He didn't have like a 30 goals, you know, all pace for 30 goals when we traded him like in years past. So, yeah, I definitely, the more time goes on, this was a good move. Like, I like Ryan Hartman more than I thought I did. You know, at this point, the third, the fourth that could be, will probably become a third seems like a throw-in, you know. So this is great. I just hope he continues to develop and do everything that you said. Uh, just take over for Simmons. And like you said, there are plenty of guys in the uh, the, pros- the pipeline prospects, one of which Wade Allison is like a prototypical Simmons mm. replacement. Um, so there are plenty of guys. You get another young guy. Can never have enough young guys. Even if they make your team great, if not, they're, they're assets, they're, pros- they're um, trading chips. And you can never make enough trades. You can never move enough salary around and do what you got to do to go get your guy. And, yeah, so if he doesn't – for whatever reason, if Ryan Hartman doesn't stick, he's something you can trade later. You know, he's something you can move later. And because of his youth, he has value. And I don't think he got a lot of opportunity with Nashville. He did in Chicago, nearly scored 20 goals. In Nashville, he wasn't in that role. 
And he, it, I think his stats took a, a dip because of it. But I think he'll show you here that he can play a little bit. And, you know, I know when they first come over, they're all hyped up and they want to do go nuts. So I hope he can sustain it. But I'm really excited for next year. They, you know, they go get Coach Q and maybe make one, just one big free agent signing. I'll be okay with that. And I'm not talking about Simmons. As much as I love him, that's not the way we should go. And finally, the last part, being upset, I didn't cry, but I I couldn't watch him play with Nashville. Couldn't do it. And just pulling up my computer, I went on to get the scores just to follow along. I caught a glimpse of him in a Predators out, uh, jersey, and <laughs> it, did, it did pull up the heartstrings a little bit. Wow. So this was the right move for now and for the future. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow, but it needs to be swallowed. And I thank him for everything he did, but yeah, I mean, Jamie, you set it up with everything you said. Pretty much agreeing with you across the board. Um, it's 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 tough, but it is what it is, and I think we'll be better going forward because of it. Yeah, so I agree with you guys. And before we move on, I mean, from the I, I for whatever reason anymore, I I tend to keep the emotional attachment part. Uh, I, I don't really get in, invested in the players anymore like I used to. Um, I, I kind of. You know, I'm all about the Flyers now, you know. Um, so as much as I, you know, I was bummed out when Simmons was traded, I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's time to move on. Like, we all want them to see. Maybe I'm just cold-hearted. I don't know what it is. But um, <laughs> when I originally saw the trade, you know, I was hoping for guys like Fabbro or Tolvanen. Um, but uh, part of me, I didn't want draft picks. I didn't want prospects that, you know, maybe would crack the roster one day. Or maybe we draft a good player with this pick. So even though initially I was underwhelmed when I saw oh Ryan Hartman, I'm like, you know what? This guy was a first-round pick, be it a late thir- uh, first-round pick, like we would have gotten anyway. But he's already here. He's already in the NHL. You can throw him right onto the roster. Um, he's going he's gonna to get thrown right on the third line. And that's exactly what this team needs. Wayne Simmons was playing on the third line. He probably should have been on the fourth. Um, Ryan Hartman can play from anywhere to, from the second line to the fourth line. Um, he brings energy. Uh, I've seen people say, oh, well, he started out playing this many minutes and then he only ended up playing these many minutes. Well, he's not a top-line guy. He's not a first. Or He played on deep teams too, mind you. Um, so if he can bring that energy for 13, 14, 15 minutes a game on the third line, you need deep teams to make deep runs in playoffs. So I, I think a guy like Ryan Hartman is necessary. And... and uh, you know, I don't love the trade, so I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I'm so happy that they traded Simmons for Hartman, because I think that they could have gotten a little more. But I'm okay with it, because I think it's going to help them now and in the future, which I think was the thinking behind the move. Now, was it the best offer they had on the table? Because we're hearing reports that they had uh, deals with Calgary and Winnipeg in place, and both were nixed because of Simmons. Uh, Jamie, maybe you want to elaborate on that a little bit? What, did, what kind of stuff did you hear? Uh, so I heard, uh, so for the past, like, uh, for the past few weeks, well, well, about a month ago, he was uh, linked to Boston. There were a few links. It was Boston, Nashville, and uh, Winnipeg. And I, I I was able to wean out Boston, which was confirmed. But Boston got out of the running when Duchesne, uh, Duchesne and primarily Stone became available. So all eyes were focused on one of them uh, for Boston. And to try to obtain, and obviously they were outbidded and whatnot for them. But um, so I, Boston was out because they were focused on Duchesne and Stone, and it was too late to form a deal for you know the Simmons deal. And uh, so the Calgary came out later, and I think he nixed that. I think it was around one ten after one. So when I found that out with what you just said, anyway. Now, I didn't hear about the Winnipeg. I'm going to be honest. I didn't hear about Winnipeg because uh, Winnipeg went out and got Kevin Hayes. Mm-hmm. And when they immediately picked up Kevin Hayes, I knew we weren't going to be able to get as much for Wayne Simmons. Personally, if you've been following me and a lot of your viewers, and I appreciate all the support, you know, have been following me as well. I personally did not think we were ever going to get a first for Wayne Simmons. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought the high highest pick that we could get was a second round pick and it was because of the decline for the past few years just didn't meet the criteria to receive a first round pick for him so I, that's why when Hartman came and he was a former first I was like okay well that was the first so that's that's kind of cool yeah. but um, 
so far as that, that's why I, I last week I tweeted out saying that Nashville made the most sense because of Peter Laviolette and their power play over in Nashville was the worst. And I can't speak on it now, but at the particular time, it was 12.6%, and it was 31st in the league. And those two areas, you know, plus he provides grit. So, you know, and he'd be good in the locker room, you know, for the younger guys and stuff. So that's why I strongly felt that Nashville was always going to be the landing destination for Wayne Simmons as of last week anyway. But – um, and so far as like the Winnipeg, I did not hear that, but I did hear about Calgary. That is for sure. But, um, you know, I think, I, I think if you want me to be honest, I think Fletcher made a made it, uh, you know, took too long to make the deal. Yeah. I would and, agree with you there. And, and, and in my eyes, and that's why we had to get stuck with a Hartman and a conditional fourth, which can turn into a third. But, and I think that's why we got stuck. It was too late. And, but when the trade call came through, it was 257, according to Pierre Lebron. Lebron, and uh, when it was made official, I think it was like 10 after three. So I think he, I think he waited too long. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like you said, when guys like Stone and Duchesne became available, it was kind of like, well, Simmons is everybody's Plan B now. So now, I, I could have predicted that we were going to have to wait till 257. So as soon as Mark Stone got traded, I, that's when the Simmons watch for me really started. Yeah. And yeah, that Kevin Hayes, as soon as Winnipeg picked up Kevin Hayes, I think that's when Nashville became, okay, we got a match. Because Kevin Hayes, getting to Kevin Hayes, who's a big, stocky guy, mm-hmm. if Nashville went pound for pound with Winnipeg in the playoffs, you know, at some point, Kevin Hayes could be the uh, deciding factor there. So I think they went pound for pound. They said, okay, you went, out, you went after Kevin, we're going to go after Simmer. And that's that's ultimately when I 100% if he was going to get moved, it was definitely going to Nashville. It wasn't just a gut feeling at that point. Yeah, it was when you know when Winnipeg went out and got Kevin Hayes, it was a 100% f Simmons got moved. It was going to Nashville. Of course, I didn't know at that time, yep. you know, and stuff. I'm going to be honest with you, but I, I just you know. So before but, the show started, I mean, so for us, you know, we're fans as well. We're Wondering, okay, are the Flyers going to move guys like Elliot, Raffle, Gudis? And uh, it, it didn't seem like there was much, or at least it didn't look like, from what we knew, there was much going on as, as far as those players. Uh, what kind of stuff were you hearing about Raffle, Gudis, Elliot? So there was interest in Brian Elliot earlier in the day, uh, you know, in the morning. And, and that's what, like, upset me because I did see one of those reports that there was some interest in Elliot. Now, how close they were and stuff, I don't know. Uh, you know, how close they were in talks and stuff. Now, I don't know if the team just contacted and said, hey, you know, is Elliot made available or something? You know what I mean? But so I don't know if they got into serious. Obviously, they didn't get into serious negotiations unless Chuck Fletcher already knew that he was going to keep Ryan Elliott. But I can tell you with with 100% certainty that there were multiple teams that contacted about Rocco Gudis. That much I do know for a fact, 100%. And, uh, you know, there there was legitimate interest, you know, for Rocco Gudis. 100% there was. And, you know, it was always, you know, in Chuck Fletcher's mind, he wanted to keep Gudis. Now, Raffle, I don't personally believe any team called for him. I have not heard... You know, one report, nor, nor have I, any of my sources, you know, told me that, you know, Michael Raffle, you know, that teams were looking for a Michael Raffle. And it doesn't surprise me about the, him either, to tell you the truth. Although, because we can't overvalue these players, what has Michael Raffle done this year, aside from kill penalties, uh, you know, that shows, hey, you know, I'm worthy of some kind a of mid-round selection. You know, uh, and, I mean, the value of these picks are, are you can't just throw around picks anymore like you used to be able to, you know, like two, three, four, five years ago because of the salary cap today. Like picks are becoming more, more attractive. Uh, the, the, the teams are reluctant to give up that first round pick because they know that could be a special player. You know, it doesn't matter where you're selecting and stuff like that. It could turn out to be, you know, a special player for the system because of the salary cap. You know, teams like Pittsburgh, 
you know, they have no other choice but the trade picks because they're always up against the salary cap. But, you know, in the same token, they need picks, too, to restock their system. And I think that's what they've had trouble here the past few years is because Jim Rutherford has, has you know, given up his first-round pick, you know, in the previous years. And you look, this year he did not. So, uh, you know, giving up picks anymore is even tough to say, okay, yeah, I'm just going to give up a second-round pick, you know, for this player and throw it away because – he could be a special player. Look, we got Ghost in the third round. You know, look, we got Oscar Lindblom in the fifth round. You know, so, and this is what I'm saying, like teams that are going to be against the cap, like Toronto, because they got all these RFAs to re-sign, which they re-signed Austin Matthews, but now they got to re-sign Mitch Marner. And then, you know, they have other, other multiple free agents. What are they going to do about Jake Gardner, you know, and stuff like that? Like, they're going to be up against the cap here at some point because of all these good players that they have. And the Flyers are going to be in the same area. You know, we, we have a stockpile of, you know, prospects and, you know, through the system and all these picks. But we're going to be up against the cap here, too. We got a Provy. We got, you know, Sandheim. We got all these younger players. Carter Hart, you know, is going to get paid, you know, in two years. We got Ratcliffe being paid. All these prospects that we have ELCs right now, a lot of them are, are done at 2020 and 2021. So, you know, like giving up these picks – you know, right now, since the Flyers have a total of 11, I'm confident, I'm comfortable with giving up, you know, some picks and stuff. But, like, other teams are reluctant. And that's why another reason I thought it would be hard to get a first for Simmons because of the decline that he's had in the pre- previous years. Same thing like a Brian Elliott. I think he, he, I think, personally, upgraded his trade value to a mid-round selection, maybe a fourth or a fifth because of how well he played because he's a veteran netminder. So a, a cup contender giving up a fourth or a fifth, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. It's not his first, second, or third, but, you know, a fourth or fifth, yeah, we'll, we'll give up. Both. So I was surprised that Elliott did not get moved. He is the one that shocked me the most. Yeah, for sure. With Brian Elliott not getting moved, to tell you the truth. So that led me to think, what's going on with Talbot? Are they comfortable in the Talbot? That's interesting. They, interesting point you brought up there. You know, I wonder if Chuck Fletcher held on to Elliott because he had no other choice but to hold on because they don't know what they have in Talbot. Why did he make the trade? Like this is—I'm going to be honest. This Cam Talbot situation is weird. <laughs> uh, It's—it it is a weird situation. Why? He had, how he hasn't gotten into a game? And I know. Brian Elliott's been, you know, rock solid. He's been, you know, very, very good here as of late. But we all know that the more that Brian Elliott plays, the, the, the higher risk he has to be running the ground. And and that's what's happened to him twice now. You know, so he's not the spring chicken that could play five, six games in a row anymore. You think you know? they're just and trying to squeeze whatever him. juice is left out of them while they have them? Yeah, like, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I really thought Cam Talbot would start tonight. And Elliot would start tomorrow, so uh, to give him that extra day, you know. Yeah. So it, this is what is mind-boggling to me. Uh, like, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's it's weird. I mean, Talbot's been practicing since last Wednesday. A goaltender is a goaltender. He knows how to stop the puck. You, you know, no matter what system you're in, a goalie's a goalie. You know. Now, other players like forwards and defensemen. You know, there, there's it's a little more in depth. You know, not saying that the goaltending position isn't. You know, because you still need communication with your defensemen and your forwards and stuff. Like who's the backjack, you know, and stuff. Who does this? Who does that? And I get it, but a goaltender knows how to stop the puck, so it's a little different position than a forward. So for Kim Talbot not to play right away like Ryan Hartman did is kind of weird. Yeah, and I agree with that. So. Uh, let me ask you guys, and Jack, I'll start with you first real quick. So uh, my question was, uh, what direction is Chuck Fletcher taking the team based off trades? And before I ask that, I'm thinking, you know, it seems like the Simmons trade, it seems like the Flyers were sellers, but were they actually buyers? And if so, Jack, do you like the direction uh, that, do you like, if it was a buying trade, do you like the direction that Fletcher is taking the team heading into the offseason well let me just touch real quick on the goalie thing this whole thing with talbot the fact that good or uh, elliot wasn't traded and i had heard that calgary had interest which is kind of funny because they had him uh, two years ago um makes me angrier over the uh trade with um stolars 
he's it's been how how long ago was that trade and Talbot has yet to play like <laughs> this is why you could have just got the guy in free agency and I understand okay maybe Solars wasn't coming back could you not have added him in another smaller deal could you have not traded him for picks which are considered assets which as Jimmy you've said they're they're sweeteners in other deals like I couldn't agree more with that more picks more sweeteners just to get things done so the fact that he hasn't played yet baffles me i don't like that but where is fletcher taking the team i don't i do think it was a a, a, a seller's move we are because we're not making that push you look at hartman's age and yeah it's a seller's move he's, he's so young and um I, I do like that. I do like that he took he went that direction. I do like that he got a similar style of player and the youth. That's where we need to go. What where I'll really see what he's up to is the offseason. Um, based on his drafting ability, which was one of Hextall's finest moments, really, is his drafting was just phenomenal. As you noted earlier, Jamie, he's gotten guys in the fifth, in the third. Uh, I hope may have been there for Ghost, but he's gotten plenty of guys uh, – Carl Hart was a second second round pick, and it was like mid second. Like, look how what he's supposed to be, you know. And he's mainly hit on most of his first. He's had multiple first. Uh, he's drafted Morgan Frost, Ivan Provorov, Konechny, and if you look at Chuck Fletcher's history, he's like first round or bust. He's hit on like two guys in the later rounds. Sometimes he's pretty good in the second, but other than that, I think he had Eric Halla in the seventh, who he traded to Vegas. And maybe one other player, and that's really it. He's a round one and sometimes round two type of guy. So, what he does with free agency is going to be huge. And with Mark Stone, that was my guy. I really wanted them to get Mark Stone. And with him re-signing with Vegas, I'm really curious to see what direction he goes. Does he really try to throw it all at Carlson? Does he really try to get Duchesne? Does he consider Kevin Hayes? I don't know. I don't know who's going to be available. Does he make a, like some smaller signings? I really, I really don't know. You got to figure ownership is pushing for big names, especially with the Phillies getting Bryce Harper today. Um, Quenville's got to be good point. Yeah, I mean, you know how it is in this city. It, they they want to paint it either green, red, or orange and black. And, you know, Sixers yeah. making a push, but that took like 15 years. But like you, you get what I'm saying. Like they always are are fighting for the headlines. Mm-hmm. And for years, the Flyers were always in the thick of it. These last five years have really been the only time they've been a and a mediocre team, and I think that's being generous. So uh, Quenville or a bigger name coach like that is like a definite at this point. If they re- if they bring back Scott Gordon, I'll really have to question him. They're really Quenville better be signing a ridiculous contract with St. Louis or, or L.A. or somebody. Um, they could get somebody else. I don't know who else is out there worth t- worth talking about. Like L.A. Vigneault, I think the games pass him by a little bit. Um, and then on the player front, you know. Who are the biggest guys who are going to be available? Carlson, Duchesne, like, I, do you see uh, Panarin? He said he wants to go to a big, like a huge market, but a huge city as well, or warm weather. Philly kind of mm-hmm. hits the big market, big city, but I think you know the Islanders or the the Rangers, like that's more of his style. I just that's just a feeling I have. So I'm really curious to see what he does. I hope they're smart moves. I hope they're. I hope they're bold, bold and smart. Is that when we do both? Yeah. Like I, that's what I really hope he does. You know, and I don't. And it's like going back to the solar trade. Somebody said this was a um, a necessary shit trade. I don't think that kind of trade exists, nor should it exist. Right. No trade needs to be shit if you have proper asset management skills. So we will. We'll see. Honestly, we'll see. I'm really curious. So far, I'd say he's slightly, if he was given a C, I give him a C plus so far where he's at. Nothing crazy good, but nothing terribly bad either. If they buy out AMAC, that automatically puts him into the Bs. So we'll see. Like, I, I mean, there's a lot more work to be done still. So I'm really curious to see what he does, what his mindset is. When he first got to Minnesota, one of the first things he did was sign Miko Koivu which was their, like, franchise guy for a long time. So we'll, we'll see. So, I mean, I know he can be aggressive. Um, and, yeah, he signed Suter and uh, 
Parise to, you know, those ridiculous contracts. Yeah. But, you know, that, that was kind of a rare thing. So the point is he went for it. So I, I like that. I like that aggressiveness. I hope he can channel some Holgram, but channel some Hextall too. And if that's the case, we might be, we might be in business. So, so this offseason will really, really show me where he's going with that. For sure, for sure. So, James, I'll ask you the same question. The move, I mean, on paper it looks like a selling move, but was it was it really? Did they did they add to the roster this year, and and for the future? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Jack, that, that was really good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to piggyback a lot of you know off of what you said anyway. But uh, I, I think they were both buyers and sellers at this particular deadline. When you add a player in Ryan Hartman, who's a restricted free agent. Uh, at year's end, he could be a low, low cost, uh, you know, to resign eight hundred fifty, nine hundred fifty thousand dollars, you know, somewhere around there, you know, ballpark number anyway, more or less like a Morin type deal. They could probably get him for like a three year, you know, nine hundred thousand per, so like a three year, you know, little close to two million or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like what a Morin got. But yeah, I do believe that they were both buyers and sellers. But Fletcher underwhelmed me at this particular deadline. The reason that. Uh, the top brass went after Chuck Fletcher was because he would make that trade. And to me, the Simmons trade was a no-brainer. So, uh, you know, to me, he doesn't get any kudos for making that deal. It was a nice deal, but I don't, at this particular time anyway, but I don't give him, you know, that wasn't a trade that said, oh, wow, this is why they went out and got Chuck Fletcher because Hexall would have made the same trade with Wayne Simmons. And I think we all knew that, that Hexy was going to move on, you know, from Wayne Simmons. So it was going to be a no-brainer for Ron Hextall to even trade Wayne Simmons, you know. And that was one of the Hextall's downfalls was he couldn't make that trade. Well, neither did Chuck Fletcher because he wanted to hold on to Rodko Gudis. He wanted to hold on to a Brian Elliott. You know, those are just two names out there, you know. So, I mean, he could have tried to, uh, who knows, maybe work, you know, Gossip Bear's name was floated around, you know, quite often. I don't want to see Ghost go because I think he he's having a down year, but he'll he'll have an up year next year, and I think there no no doubt in my mind he'll rebound. But I'm just saying, I'm just giving an example as to why they went out and got Chuck Fletcher. So for me, the book is open on Chuck Fletcher, much like Jack's. Uh, you know, it's uh, I cannot give a solid grade right now for Chuck Fletcher because he hasn't done nothing for me. The moves that he's made were Jordan Wheel. Jordan Wheel was going to be gone anyway. Uh, you know, Dale Weiss, you know, with he- what happened in that situation, you know, um, <clears throat> would Hexel have traded to Dale Weiss? More than likely, probably not. But, you know, so, but I mean, even still, that was such a small deal. It's like, you know, whatever. But adding a Justin, adding a Justin Bailey, you know, was a nice addition. Then he got sent down. To me, he has a ton of work to do. Like Jack said in the off season, he's really got to prove it to me. Uh, going after, to me, I'd go after an Artemi Panera. There's no doubt in my mind, 100%. I'm going after Artemi Panera. He's the best player available. Like Jack said, you know, you look at the Sixers, what they've done. You look at the Eagles, what they're doing. You look at the Phillies with adding Bryce Harper, adding Segura, adding Romalto. You know, all, man, they added all these big names when up until this point, <coughs> James Van Riemsdyk was the biggest free agent signing out of Philadelphia sports. You know, but now that's been blown under the water here. So to me, they need that guy to add. They need that big guy. And I was upset when Mark's. Stone resigned to well had to sign and trade because I wanted Mark. He was my one B. Uh, Panarin was my one A. Uh, Stone was my one B. So now I had to reconfigure things, maybe for Carlson or something of that nature. But in my mind, I'm going after Coach Q because, like Jack said, you need to put a face for the Flyers. The Flyers don't have a face right now. Their only face right now. Okay, it used to be, you know, it's Drew, and it used to be Simmons. You know, now who do they got? They got Drew. If you ask people who don't follow this team on a daily basis, hey, can you name me like two players, three players on the Philadelphia Flyers right now? They may or may not, you know, know Voracek. They may or may not know Ghost. You know what I mean? There's no face for this team. Now, you go out and you get this big name. People are like, oh, yeah, oh, Panarin. Yeah, he's my favorite player. Or Coach Q. Yeah, of course I know Q. 
he's won he's won I don't know how many cups. I know he's won multiple cups, you know, with the Blackhawks because everybody knows 2010, so they know at least he won one. So, yeah, I think they're going to go after Coach Q. You look at what Barry Trotz has done in the New York Islanders. Don't <clears throat> the uh, Flyers didn't want to pick him up last offseason? Look what he's done. They lose their biggest prize in Tavares, and where are they? They're in first place. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and now they're getting, I mean, they're getting awesome goaltending from Lobham and Leonard, but it's still, <laughs> still, they're in first place after losing John Tavares. That's I mean, amazing. to me, you can't tell me that Barry Trotz isn't a good coach. That's what good coaches do. And I'm not saying Scott Gordon can't be that. Uh, you know, if they go into the playoffs, yeah, I think, you know, Scott Gordon is more, you know, has a better shot at coming next year. But the Flyers have to put all their eggs in for Quenville. They need Quenville. And they need that face because these type of coaches don't become available very often. And they're, one, they're once-in-a-lifetime coaches. A coach like Barry Trotz became available. And now Coach Q in his back-to-back years, we may not see this for another 10 years. 100%, 100% agree there, Jamie. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. We're uh, about 46 minutes in. No, you're good. You're uh, good. Podcast yeah. usually cuts off around 59. Um, so you, you, you're talking about the New York, New York Islanders and, and Barry Trotz. Um, the Flyers just so happened to play them in, in Long Island two of the next five games. Um, Flyers' chances as of right now are, are, are slim, slim to none. There's 19 games left in the season. Um, they're, they're beating Columbus 2-1 to tonight, who have 73 points. The Flyers have 69, so huge game. Um, 15 of the next 19 games, every, te- every one of those teams is in the playoffs or just a couple points out. Um, so 15 of the next 19 games are going to be pretty tough. They're playing Columbus tonight. They have New Jersey, which is one of the four teams who are not in the playoffs uh, tomorrow. Then they have New York Islanders. They're home against Washington and at New York Islanders again. Uh, I don't know if you're a believer in these, oh, they have 2%, 3% chance to make the playoff, blah, blah, blah. I, I think anything can happen. I don't, put, I don't put too much stock into those percentages. Um, what do you think about the Flyers' playoff chances with 19 games left? 19 games left. Uh, you're looking. The Flyers have to, for me anyway, with the way these teams are playing in stuff and with how many teams they have to leave Rock, which they just, they just did in the Buffalo Sabres, they got to go 16-3 and three out of these next 19. Uh, they're, they can only have three regulation losses in my eyes. Maybe they might be able to go 15-3-1 and one, somewhere around there, but they, 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 they do not have absolutely no room for error, and it is possible. I mean, you look at 2014 with the Ottawa Senators, you know, they were, what, 12 points out or something but at the uh, halfway mark and then they made this march or 14 points out whatever they were uh they made this march and and they went into the playoffs i do believe that the flyers can do that um they just have no room for error they're getting the goaltending right now the only thing that concerns me is elliot's a streaky goaltender he's either hot or he's cold and when he's off you know like you know it and it usually lasts for a period of like two games I don't know if the Flyers can do that. I think Carter Hart, to me, I would hold out Carter Hart the rest of the year so <clears throat> so he could get 100% with his ankle and stuff. But they are getting to goaltending right now. Um, I think it's doable. I, th- I I could see the Flyers ride, ride into the playoffs, I do. But I want to say something. Robin Leonard is Vesna to me. Wow. And, and I, I'm going to be honest, I, I never thought I would say that. Because with him playing with Buffalo, I just didn't see it. But with him playing in New York, it's just insane. And he is a free agent at year's end. Uh, now, personally, I think New York's going to resign him. But, but yeah, I'll just leave that there. I think I think the Flyers make the playoffs. I think they do go. I think they go fifteen three, uh, fifteen three and one. Wow. I mean, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Uh, Jack, what do you think, man? The home stretch, nineteen games left in the season. What do you think? You know, I, I try, I really try to be optimistic, <laughs> but here's my thing. I think if they go 19 and 0, they might not make it. If if it was <laughs> if it was totally if in their hands, if they control their own destiny, I could see it being doable. But unfortunately, it's not. I think too many other teams are going to win. They're going to win games that they shouldn't win. 
the ones they should and shouldn't win. And it, it's like it's going to be too little, too late. And that's what happens when you throw away the first part of a season. Dave Haxall shouldn't have been the coach. Uh, he should have been fired after last year. And it, it's it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And when you put yourself in this big of a hole, even if they go 19-0, I could see them missing by a point or two simply because of other teams, you know? I mean, yeah, it's definitely it's doable, but it's it's you don't control enough of what you can control to make it doable. And I think we're and I kind of agree. Like I do think Hart should stay out and just heal up and let's go for it next year. Let's let's load up and do what we can do. And you know, this year I love to get a chance at a big a, a nice pick. You know, at this point, I'm just like, the team is gelling. They're playing well. You're seeing confidence in Nolan Patrick and not just in his interviews, like actually on the ice. Sandheim's like he scored again today. Um, the only player I really want to see turning around is Ghost. Uh, I do think it's possible he's traded in the offseason, but that's only if they were to, like, shock us all and sign Carlson because you don't want two of those players on the same team. So... They're probably not going to make the playoffs, and when I say probably, I mean they're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> hmm. So, and, and it's like, I, yeah, I love playoff hockey. It's better than it's the best kind of playoff any of any of any sport. It's the best, but unfortunately, if they do, they're going to they're going to play Tampa. Like Jesus, like I, I'm not looking to get embarrassed <laughs> as it is. We've had enough embarrassment under Hackstall with Capitals and Pittsburgh last year. Just play well. I don't really don't care the results of the game. Play well. Play smart. Get a system down. Get used to each other. Gel. And then we'll go into next year and we'll make it happen. Um, Jimmy, I know I know you've been optimistic for quite a while. And to be honest, the Flyers have not – they've struggled a little bit, but they really haven't let you down. They have not fallen off. And I appreciate that fanhood of yours. I look at this more from a <laughs> – you sit in the front row against the glass. I sit up in the uh, luxury box where I can see the whole team and analyze everything they did right and wrong. And that's why I think we have a little bit of a difference in philosophy. Uh, but to ultimately answer your question, I think they miss. Yeah, you know, it, it's, you know, I guess it's, if, if you look at the numbers, you, you know, it's it's easy to be like, dude, there's no shot. And, and you know, I understand that. I guess, uh I'm the eternal optimist when it comes to the Flyers, I guess, and that's why my name's Angry Jim, <laughs> because <laughs> because we're we're let down constantly, and it, and when you have the the high hopes like I do, it's almost impossible not to be so. Um, like I said, the next five games coming up, they have Columbus tonight, who they're tied two two with New Jersey, New York, home against Washington, New York. What's your prediction for the next five games? We'll start with Jamie. I think I think that we go four and one in the next five. I think I think I personally believe we lose tomorrow. I, I think Cam Talbot loses that game. I just can't see us winning back to back, and I think then they'll win the next four. Wow, that's my prediction. I love that prediction. What do you think, Jack? I do. I, I just I, there's something about this team. Um, you know, they that they, they just seem to be clicking. <laughs> halfway through the season and that may be scott gordon you know with the special teams i think they're just playing better playing better hockey they're skating they're skating more and they're getting off the faster starts and i know it's tied right now but you know the fast starts are helping so yeah they seem to be playing for each other a little bit more than they were in the beginning of the mm-hmm. season it seemed like they were kind of letting each other hang out to dry in some some moments you know what i mean yep i do um, i do so so jack prediction for the next five I'll say three and two. I think I wanted to say two, two, and one, but looking at who they played and how poorly Washington's been playing of late, I think I think three and two is definitely good. I think they, they probably lose both Islanders games. That team is just ridiculous. But I hope they pull it out tonight. I hope I mean the Devils have they haven't been anything. Washington's been playing poorly. Ottawa traded away everybody. So yeah, I, I think three and two is definitely possible and that'll that'll keep them at what? Point oh five percent, not technically eliminated. So sure. Yeah. So both. Uh, I'll take both. I mean, three and two. If they go three and two for me, that pretty much puts the nail in the coffin. Um, I'm gonna say they they pull out tonight. 
I'm going to say they, they win in New Jersey, maybe in overtime. Uh, and then I'm going to say they split with the Islanders. And, you know, either they, they beat Washington or they lose in overtime. So I'm going to say at worst, 3-1-1. One, one. At best, I'm, I'm going to go 4-1. Um, Can I just say real quick, you know, we're talking about the trade deadline and Brian Elliott. If Keith Kincaid can get a fifth-round pick, what was it, 20, 12 years from now? How can yeah. Elliot not get you anything? Well, that's what, uh, and, and, and that was my argument. And I forget who I, I forget who I was talking to and stuff. And they're like, uh, yeah, there was only one deal. And I was like, yeah, Keith Kincaid, of all people. <laughs> and, and, and we've seen what Brian Elliott, a healthy Brian Elliott, goes a long way. He's a, he's a better goaltender than Keith Kincaid. I mean, I know Elliot. He he just real quick. He was like we talked to. Um, uh, was it Chris Wassel? Was it yep. uh, Jimmy? Yeah, you know, from uh, my trade deadline, or I keep doing that, my uh, NHL rumors, and he's a Devils fan. And he said he's becoming a little bit of a locker room cancer with his attitude. And they, and he's like, he's not worth a bag of pucks. And I believed him. I, I tr- honestly believed yeah. him. And he still got a pick. And, yeah, I know this is, what, 2021, 2022? Like, yeah. he still got a pick. And you're telling me you about Elliot coming off the game of his, I don't want to say his life, but it was a high-profile game. Yeah. Everybody was watching. And you couldn't get anything for him, knowing you're going to lose him from nothing? That's insane. See, that's, that's, that, that's to me where the inconsistencies come in with uh, Fletcher. You know, be honest. Just say, I think he's too valuable right now with Carter Hart being hurt. I'll take that. You know, just I'm looking for honesty. You know, and I'm not saying Fletcher, you know, intentionally, like, lies. I don't think he wants to spill the beans, you know, exactly what's going on. But I am looking for a little bit of honesty. At least say that there was some interest there. But just to negate and say there was no interest for Brian Elliott just don't make sense to me. When, like you said, a Keith Kincaid goes to – when Keith Kincaid got traded, I was like, sweet, Brian Elliott's out of here. You know, that, 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 that's what immediately I was thinking. Because Keith Kincaid, of all people, Elliott's a better goaltender at Keith Kincaid. You know, Elliot could be – we know he has that one bad game or two bad games or whatever, but after his second bad game, usually on the third game, he comes out and plays like lights out. A healthy Brian Elliott is a good goaltender, you know. And, I agree. And, 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 you know, with him being able to withstand all this and fourth straight game, you know, at that time, you know, the trade deadline is his third straight game, something like that or something crazy. You know, or, or whatever. I think it was his third, but you can't tell me that you can get a fifth. You know, a fourth round pick for him. You know, there's. Yeah, it's, it, it, I, I don't believe. It. I don't believe. He it. definitely missed the boat on that one. I don't. I don't believe it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Jack. I, I don't believe it at all. I, I kind of had a sneaky feeling that they wanted to keep Elliot around. Uh, I think at some point, uh, if. if if not to keep Hart healthy, they were going to send him down for the Lehigh Valley playoffs. I think, you know, I think, and this kind of ties in with the, the move they made with Simmer and uh, Hartman, that they know that their chances to make the playoffs are slim. Um, so they want to keep them alive at the same time and, and also look forward to next year. And I, I can appreciate that, to be honest with you, um, because I think as fans, we would like to see them make the playoffs, but we also want to see improvement next year. Well, well, real quick, not to interrupt, let me me just say, if that's the theory, and I agree with that theory, that's fine. Why trade for Talbot? Why give up Stolarz for Talbot and not get, like, a second-round pick or a third-round pick? Like, that's where the inconsistencies in his philosophy really show up. Yeah, Yeah, the same thing. Like, why why do we have Alex Lyon then? So, to me, then Alex Lyon's out of the system. You might as well just get him out of the system now then because – Let's be honest. Lyon's been healthy here. Even when he was sent back down, he was healthy. So that was kind of weird that they sent him down, you know. And I know Carter Hart was here to put the butts in the seats, and he played well. And he has played, honestly, awesome. You know, I love the guy so much, man, the young kid. But I'm just saying, to me, Brian, Alex Lyon's out of the system now, in my eyes. Yeah, uh, no, he he's, just, he's, uh, he, he's Neil Little to me. He's, he's yeah, Neil Little. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean – we could always have Neil Little. We're going to have Neil Little's. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean, though, like what I'm saying. We got Sandstrom coming next year. We, uh, Fletcher hinted that he wanted Kirill Ustamenko. He wanted to try to ELC him next year. So we could possibly have Ustamenko and Sandstrom, you know, as our Lehigh Valley Phantom goaltenders with Alex Lyon. 
So, what did they do about Lyon? Yep, yep. Um, yeah. All right, guys, that's going to do it for uh, HW Radio post-trade deadline show. Thank you to Jamie Basco for coming on. I really appreciate it. We love everything you do on Twitter, Jamie. Uh, do you have any plugs before we hop off here? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to come on. Uh, you have a dedicated viewership, and uh, it's an honor every time to come on. So let's go, Flyers! <laughs> come on, guys, let's go! Hell yeah, James. Hell yeah, I on, love your enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Top that, Jack. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, let's, uh, do I just say let's go Flyers or I something clever? Like, how do I do this? Whatever you want, man. Yeah. <laughs> cross. Oh, Crosby's, uh, uh, he likes Malkin's uh, wiener. His I'm trying to keep this as PG as possible. Um, he takes it up his rear end. Uh, he cries like a baby before, during, and after. And he can go fuck himself because they're the Penguins and they're a joke city. And I hate everything they did. They invented tanking. And the league babies the shit out of them. And we're the Flyers. We, everybody hates us. We don't give a fuck. And we won the uh, stadium series, so you can suck on that. In dramatic fashion. <laughs> All right, so, I mean, uh, Jack, you got anything coming up, dude? I'm going to try to get my show off the ground. It's, co- it's going to be called uh, Flyers Therapy. I think I'll just keep it simple. Uh, it's probably going to be after a lot of games, you know. So things I don't understand. I really could have used it the last couple of years, to be honest with you. But I do think it's something that would be interesting to talk some things out, understanding it. And the first topic I'm going to have, I don't care who the guest is, it's going to be about Andrew McDonald's because I cannot stand him and his existence yeah. and how he's yeah. a locker room presence. I That blows my mind. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm looking for. Jack underscore HW. And, uh, yeah, look out for that. All right, Flyers Therapy. I can't wait for that to come out, actually. Um, Yes, we're going to put a bow on this one, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks again to our guest, Jamie Basco. I really appreciate you coming on, Jamie. You're amazing. Uh, We love that you're honest and genuine, and you were talking about how Chuck Fletcher is not that kind of guy. We appreciate that you are that kind of guy. Uh, I think that's why you have so many followers, so many people that love you on Twitter. So we appreciate that about you. I like Fletcher. Uh, let's see what happens, you know, here. I, I'm not saying I, you know, I, I like him. You know, the book is open on him. There's just some things I think he could have done, you know, a little more to put his stamp on this team. Although he has made some decent trades, you know, I just think that there are some left undone. And But uh, I got a Farrah Bay interview coming up. Uh, you know, so uh, I hope you guys, you know, you guys uh, look for that. And we're going to start our draft profile series here. Oh, yeah. Oh, so we're going to, yeah. So we're interviewing all these uh, prospects before the draft. Like, I just had an interview last week with Ryan Suzuki. He happens to be Nick Suzuki's brother. Okay. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So that was, that was a really good interview. I mean, uh, Where's he projected he, to go right now? Uh, uh, he's projected to go in the top 10. Anywhere. Wow. Well, you know, I did not know that. Yeah, you know how the top ten is, though. You know, yeah, I mean, it's both they're but... supposed to. You know what I mean? So he fell to us. So awesome. you know, like the top five, legit. There's not much wiggle room with the top five. Maybe one, you know, maybe by one pick or something. But yeah. then it is yeah, through six through ten, anything can really happen because some teams, you know how it is. Some teams, you know, draft based off need. So if you're looking for a defenseman. Uh, like if the Flyers select the defenseman in the first round, I got an interview next week with Cam York. With uh, you, um, you guys might be familiar with him. He plays for the United States Developmental League, so um, he, he's a beast. This well, guy's a tower. You're definitely right about that top ten. Like, look at um, what was the guy the Red Wings took with their second, their second first round pick. Um, uh, his, his name slips my mind. It sounds like Billy Leno, but it's not. Yeah, he, I know you're talking about. Uh, yeah, he was Valen- Joe Valeno or something? Or yeah, Joe, you know, so they selected Wallstrom and then uh, Joe Valeno. Like, he was supposed to be, like, a top 10 pick, and he went almost almost missed the first round. Like, it's amazing how the closer you get to draft day, guys move up and down and all around. I mean, I think Sandheim was a fast riser. Probably this time in his draft year, yeah. he, was, he was, what, a third rounder, and by the time the draft came around, he was top 15. Yeah. It moves. I mean, uh, we we got that coming out. So I mean, that that's that's going to be pretty good. I, I love, love doing these. 
these uh, draft pieces. They're they're pretty neat and stuff well, like I that. Well, I will but. definitely definitely be into that because the draft is my forte. That's okay. amazing. All right. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and the Farrah Bay. It took me months and months to nail this one down. Like I've been, been I, I so I put a request out for Farrah Bay uh, early December, and uh, the PR Brian Kelly was just. And like I heard from uh, two weeks later, finally, but the World Juniors were going on, and he was like, "As soon as World Juniors ends, you know, when he comes back, I'll, I'll get, tell him to give you a call." Which I was, it was awesome because it was sort of around the time of like when the bean pot was going to start and stuff. So I was like, "Sweet, this is great. This is coming out perfect." Nothing, 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 nothing. Uh, I was that because me. Finally, I just finally heard from him two days ago. I was like, hey, uh, "Finally." So, oh, I would love to hear from him for sure. You got an interview with him tomorrow, so I'm gonna ask him. You know, eventually, in a in a roundabout way, if he plans on signing an ELC this year, or which I don't think he is, but just to ask him, or is it uh, does he plan on in himself come next year? Uh, not for next season, but after you know his sophomore season ends anyway. So, all right, so a lot, a lot to look forward to over there. Oh yeah, that, that sounds yeah, great. Right yeah, up my alley. Yeah, we're moving in the uh, we're moving in the right direction. If you guys ever prospect interviews or whatever, just let me know. You know, kind of, you know that, Jim. Yeah, you know, hell yeah. Me, I'll give the uh, PR or whatever for him. Yep. So, so. I, we'll put a wrap on this one for real. <laughs> uh, I, I got a show coming up Sunday, guys. You can you can find the Angry Jim Show on High and Wide Radio. Just search it on any podcast platform. And, uh, yeah, so thanks again, guys. Jack, always a pleasure. Jamie, we'll talk to you soon. And uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Let's go Flyers. All right. Let's go Flyers, baby. Whee! <laughs> Let's go.